Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. We have some intraday market commentary with the co-producer of Mining Stock Daily. That is my friend and yours, Mr. Dave Kranzler of the Mining Stock Journal. Uh, Dave, it's been a great couple days for precious metals, gold and silver. Gold right now is trading at 1864 futures basis. Uh, silver was trading above $23 uh, early, early this morning, but it's kind of came down, but still 22.68. Just an excellent time. Uh, give us your thoughts here. I mean, how much of this has to do with the falling dollar? How much has it to do with uh, maybe some geopolitical tensions? Uh, Asia buying demand out of India? Uh, there's all sorts of things going into play here. I, I mean, for me, the number one reason is uh, all those reasons you mentioned have been out there for several years. <laughs> geopolitical tensions. Uh, Asian and Indian buy strong Asian and Indian buying. Um, I mean, relative to the the ocean of fiat currencies out there, especially the dollar now with the supply of fiat currencies, um, precious precious metals, gold and silver, real money are very cheap relative to phony fraudulent fiat currencies. So, I mean, you know, I mean, regardless of whether or not, you know, China and the U.S. go to war, I mean, you know, the, the market doesn't even care about, you know, COVID-19 anymore. I mean, with all this reports of surges and infections and deaths, et cetera, you know, the stock market keeps going straight up. Well, that's because of all the money printing, you know, the, the dollar devaluation. So, um, <laughs> you know, in my mind, it's, it's not necessarily... And the same with gold and silver. In my mind, it's, it's not necessarily that gold and silver are um, moving in and of themselves higher in valuation levels. It's just that with all the added dollars that have been printed up and will be printed, it takes more dollars to buy an ounce of gold and silver. And that's really what it is. It's Gold and silver aren't the moving target. Gold and silver have held their value for thousands and thousands of years. So, um, I mean, you know, a, a perfect analogy is if you take a pre-1964 silver dime, which is, you know, basically pure silver, um, you know, in, say, in 1962, gas cost 10 cents a gallon. Well, now the melt value of a pre-1964 silver dime will buy you a, a gallon of 85 octane, octane gasoline. So... You know, <laughs> the value of gold and silver stay constant. What's happening is that you're getting just, you know, the, the massive and destructive devaluation of fiat currencies. And, and that's really what's going on here. Uh, you were calling for a little bit of a pullback, specifically in gold just last week. Uh, wasn't much of a pullback, but really kind of just stayed flat and consolidated before this big move up starting on well, basically, it was Friday and, and, and Monday of this week. Uh, so do you think that we're still looking at the RSI pretty heavy into overbought territory here? Do you still have any concern here? Well, here, here's the thing. I mean, I actually was calling for a pullback in my last mining stock journal, and I said it would probably be short and shallow. And, and so that, that journal was out uh, basically two weeks ago, right? So Thursday, July 9th next one is comes out tomorrow 
And um, I probably should have sent around a, a, an intra-issue update, but I've just been kind of jam-packed with, with stuff. And um, I mean, we did get a short and shallow pullback, and it, it was even shorter and more shallow than I expected it to be. And you know, once again, this week we're off to the races. So, um, <laughs> you know, fortunately, I maneuvered out of some hedges that I had put on in my fund and um, reloaded some pit positions that I had sold. You know, around the time that I had made that call, looking for for a pullback. So. Um, I mean, in terms of using RSI or MACD, you know, it's, it's again, I came to the conclusion 16 years ago in this sector that using technical analysis is largely useless, except for maybe in very, very short time frames. And my fund partner was, you know, God rest his soul, was a, was a strong techni technician, technical analyst. And, and, um, he kind of agreed with me, you know, you got to ignore a lot of the technicals because the market is so highly manipulated. And so, I mean, you know, you could make the argument that essentially from, say, 2012 to 2015, the whole sector was insanely oversold from a technical standpoint. And yet it never seemed to rally. It never seemed to move higher. It stayed oversold for a long time, you know, and and similarly, you know, <laughs> If you if you're just going by the the RSI and the MACD to time your buys and sells, you you may lose out on on some good opportunities because this sector, you know, it, it's it's kind of like uh, what is it one of the one of the laws of of uh, physics for every force, you know, that gets to be extreme in one direction, there's going to be an equally an extreme counterforce in the other direction. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think you could easily see that in the precious metal sector. So, you know, you could look at the RSI and the MACD and and um, say, I'm going to I'm going to hold off on on buying here. Um, but you may miss out on a big opportunity. I, I got a guy who um, sends me these emails and he, he bases his entries and exits on MACDs and RSIs, you know, very simple technical analysis. And yesterday I got one, he, he sent one around for Eli Gold and he said, hey man, the RSI is looking great, blah, blah, blah. You know, Eli Gold is, is like a buck 30 or something. I mean, I, I put that in my mining stock journal when it was at 30 cents. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'd rather have the four bagger I had not paying attention to the RSIs and the MACDs than all of a sudden enter at $1.20 and $1.30, which is where he's entering based on using the RSI and the MACD. Now, I will say I, I added Eli Gold to my fund a couple days ago. So, um, but it's been a core position since since I first um, learned of the story and, and got interested in it. Um, another example is um, I just heard a presentation for a gold exploration company. You got a very high grade gold project and the stock has more than doubled in a very short period of time. And, and, and you know, it's gonna look over, overbought, extremely overbought on the RSI and MACD. Well, um, I'm actually gonna present this company in my mining stock journal tomorrow and I've, I've put a small position in my fund hoping it pulls back um, but it, you know, it may not pull back until it gets to a much higher level. So, um, that's, that's kind of my view on, on the technicals of the market. Yeah. We're going to get a pullback at some point. I was looking at a five-year daily chart of silver yesterday and I mean, it, it looks like it's gone parabolic, parabolic. 
-hmm. you know, and I'm always leery of parabolic markets, but, um, you know, as we've seen with, with some of these tech stocks in the general stock market, I mean, stocks that, you know, go parabolic can go even more parabolic. Um, and so, yeah, we, we probably will get at some point, a a, um, a harsh corrective pullback in the sector, but it, it could happen from a much higher level. And it get, then again, it could happen starting tomorrow. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, equating the RSI uh, in gold and silver now to some of those tech stocks because you and I were kind of texting back and forth while we were watching the Rockies game last night. Thank God the Rockies are back. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, you did put that you did put that into perspective. Like you know, you're right. I mean, this thing could keep moving up even with being an overbought territory. So we just never really know. Uh, but compare that to what we're seeing today in some of these juniors. I mean, it's not a you know, even with this big move in gold and silver, we're not seeing the really big moves today that we have seen in, in previous days uh, without the past week in some of these juniors. Do you think there's kind of a cooling off period for some of these companies? Well, I, I, you know, I think the move that we saw in the juniors um, kind of, you know, starting late last week and, and Monday and Tuesday this week, I think it was anticipating – the move higher that we're seeing in gold and silver. I mean, gold's gold's now um, it's at a new high of the day right now. As we're talking about this, I'm looking at the August gold future. Um, you know, silver's up 5.6 percent. I think the stocks kind of somewhat discounted the expectation that gold and silver were going to move a lot higher this week. So, um, uh, I mean, it, it's my experience with this sector. The mining stocks and gold and silver don't always move in tandem. You know, mm -hmm. I, I've seen days where gold and silver are flat and you can get a two or three percent move in, in the mining stocks. And I've seen days where gold and silver are flying and you, you might have a down day in the mining stocks. So, um, you know, again, it's 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 a very difficult market to time an entry on, um, especially since you don't have the Fed helping helping the invisible hand of the Fed pushing these, you know, the mining stocks higher, like it's helping the rest of the stock market push higher. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's talk about strategy here, trading strategy. And I'm not talking about the buy and hold of the shares. Uh, I'm talking about playing the options on some of these companies that are traded on the U.S. big board. If, if you do have access to that, uh, that's how you and I trade um, the options, uh, calls and puts. So what's your strategy here with some of these uh, miners uh, in, in the option strategy? Are you buying close to in the money, uh, far out dates? Are you buying in the money, uh, close to expiration? What's your strategy? Uh, you know, for just... In general, um, I mean, for me, I, I focus on the junior mining stock sector, exploration sector, the micro caps, so they don't have options in and of themselves. Those stocks are options on the potential for uh, a highly profitable resource to be developed, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, and it's, you know, you know, I like to say, you know, these juniors have optionality value because the upside can be enormous if, if they get lucky and they make a, a, a big discovery. Uh, so, but I don't want to ignore the, the, the larger cap stocks, uh, you know, the higher dollar price stocks, 
but I like to, um, what I like to do with those is if I, if I see a, a stock, a large cap stock that I think is lagging the sector, or maybe it had a, a, a tough quarter that it just reported. And, and, you know, I mean, Microsoft or Apple can report a tough quarter and the stock will still go higher. IBM just reported, you know, their, their quarter and their revenues were down 5% and the stock soared, <laughs> you know, that, that doesn't happen in the mining stocks. When the mining stocks, you know, report a tough quarter, they get annihilated. You know, I, I mean, I've seen Agnico Eagle drop 15, 20% in one swoop on a bad quarter. So, um, in fact, it, it happened just recently, you know, a couple quarters ago, it reported a, a, a tough quarter and, and the stock just got taken out back and beaten like a redheaded stepchild. So when I see situations like that, um, what I like to do is is buy deep in the money um, call options on it to, to kind of replicate owning the stock without putting up the entire amount of capital that it takes uh, to buy the shares, right? So, mm. you know, if, if Agnico Legals right now is trading at 70, I probably wouldn't chase it here, but, um, you know, if, if it reported a bad quarter and got beaten down to 55 or 60, I'd, I'd look at some deep in the money um, call options. So, you know, so instead of putting up 60 bucks per share, I'm maybe putting up 10 or 11 bucks per share. And I, and if, if I'm right on my um, trade decision or investment decision, the, the option will basically go up, you know, the same dollar amount as the stock, but I get a better return on my capital, right? Because I'm putting up less capital for the same dollar price appreciation. So that's, that's kind of the, the types of things I like to do with options. Or I might want to sell if I if I see a stock that I that I like, um, and I, I don't necessarily want to pay the price. You know, if it's had a, a good run up and I still like it to move higher, I might sell some deep in the money puts on it. I did that. Um, <laughs> I did that last week with uh, SSR Mining. I did it. I think it was on Friday when I put them in. I, I shorted. Uh, the, the, I think it was the 23s or the 23 and a half puts thinking, uh, yeah, so it was the 23s and the stock was like, I don't know, it was probably a 21 and a half or something. I figured, oh, you know, I, you know, if the, if the stock, if the stock gets hit, um, you know, I, I think I got a, like three or four bucks of premium for it, you know, and I, I, I'm happy taking delivery of this stock when the option, ex if the option expires in the money and, and my net cost will be, you know, much lower than, than $23 because, you know, when I count the, the premium that I took in, I think my net was around 20 if I happened to take delivery of the shares. Um, well now the, the stocks that, that option is a dollar out of the money now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, great. I'm going to keep the premium, but, you know, I'm also not going to uh, own the stock at a cheap level. But, it, you know, it's again, it's not quite the same as buying a deep in the money put because the, the the put premium, you know, assuming that I collect it eventually, the option expires worthless. Um, but the, the put doesn't go down in value uh, to the, you know, uh, inversely as the as the dollar price of the stock rises, there's still going to be some some time value premium in that put until it expires, if it expires worthless. Uh, so. You've you've got a busy day, to, busy week this week. You've got both the mining stock journal that should be published after market close 
tomorrow. And then you also got the Short Sellers Journal, which is published every weekend. Um, so let's preview the Mining Stock Journal. Can you give our listeners and uh, potentially your readers as well a little insight into what you're going to be writing about? Well, I'm going to, you know, I update, you know, if there's any kind of meaningful news on any of the companies that I that I've presented as and recommended and, and actually and that I own or I have them in my fund. So I always um, update those and update my buy, sell, hold opinion on those. Um, and then there's, I've had, you know, I've been getting a lot of questions about, you know, stock. I mean, there's now it's like junior mining stock ideas are coming out of the woodwork and some are, some are good, some are bad, some are fraudulent. And, um, so I, I'm going to review a couple of, of, um, silver junior ideas that were, have been thrown at me by several subscribers. And, um, I'm going to, you know, present a new idea. It was the company the, the presentation that I just sat through this morning so um, and and give my buy sell hold recommendation on that stock right. well look forward to reading that and uh, if you are interested in picking up a subscription to the mining stock journal you can go to investmentresearchdynamics.com it's well worth your time and money I must add uh, Dave thanks, thanks I appreciate that yeah, so I appreciate you coming on and all the hard work you give us here on mining stock daily every day so your commentary is always a lot of fun to read and I particularly appreciated your commentary you wrote this morning about the Nebraska <laughs> mile <laughs> you've got some sweet corn coming your way my friend I promise you that I can't wait all right that's Dave Kranzler investment research dynamics and mining stock journal Dave thank you so much we'll talk to you again in the near future Thank you.